Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I speak to you in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's Halloween, right? Got to dress up to preach, huh? Last night I went trick-or-treating with my family in Summer Tree and I ran into a parishioner who had this on. And I said, you ought to wear that to church tomorrow. He said, no, uh-uh, no, no, no. And I said, well, then I'll do it. <laughs> so, Johnny, here's your hat back. <laughs> Put it on! Put it on! <laughs> I've got, I, I think it's called an earworm, when you have a song stuck in your head, and it's been since last night, and I've heard that if you have an earworm, if you have a song stuck in your head, that you should just sing it, right? That's the best way to, to, to get it out of your head. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sing this song that I've been thinking about since last night. <clears throat> Hell, dear old stay, for that victory today. No, it's still in there. Hit that line and toe that ball. It was a good game last night. I hardly watched any of it because I was trick-or-treating. Now that the comedy portion of the sermon is finished, I will be moving along. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echa V'ahavta Eit Adonai Eloheka Anybody know what I said? No? Anybody know what? <laughs> yeah, Hail State in Hebrew, Sonny, that's what I said. That was Southern Hebrew. Southern Hebrew. What I recited was the Shema. What we heard in our Old Testament lesson and what we heard repeated is the greatest commandment when the scribe approaches Jesus and says, Teacher, which of the many commandments is the greatest? I took a year of Hebrew, my first year in seminary, and the very first thing that we were tested on was reciting from, from heart the Shema. And so it was just the professor and myself, and I recited it. And after I did, she looked at me and she said, your southern accent really comes out when you are speaking Hebrew. So that, the Shema, what I recited, wasn't just Hebrew, it was southern Hebrew. Hear, O Israel. That's why it's called the Shema. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Shema is the Hebrew word for listen, hear, Hear, O Israel, listen, Israel, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Pious Jews recite this three times a day. It is the Jewish confession of faith. Faith in one God. Not just faith in one God, but loving God with all that you have and all that you are. Mind, soul, strength. 
loving and giving yourself to God. Loving God with your whole self. Described in our gospel lessons today, he comes to Jesus not as an adversary, not as the opposition. What has happened before our gospel lesson are a bunch of controversies. All these Jewish groups, these Jewish authorities, they approach Jesus and they ask him questions, trying to trap him in his answer, trying to get him to say something that they can use against him. Trying to get him to say something that they can charge him with blasphemy. The Sadducees have come at him. The Pharisees have come at him. The scribes have come at him. And we've even got the Herodians in there. All these groups have come to Jesus asking him questions. And we see that he has answered well. So there is this scribe, this young scribe, who comes to Jesus asking him which is the greatest commandment? I think there's over 300 commandments prescribed in the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. And there's a bunch of debate and dialogue, even in Jesus' day, of which was the greatest. Can we number them from the greatest to the least, the most important to the least important? Are we able to do that? And so this scribe, it's, he doesn't come as a foe or an adversary like the rest of his group, but he comes just wanting to talk some theology. Which one of the many commandments is the greatest? He doesn't come as an opposition. He comes as an inquiring mind. He saw that Jesus is full of wisdom and knowledge. He has answered these groups of Jewish authorities well. Perhaps this scribe himself is seeking an answer, wanting to know which one, which one of these commandments is the greatest. And Jesus, as you probably did from a little boy, from that young age, he recites the Shema. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We say that at every service here at the Chapel of the Cross. It's one of the first things that we say every Sunday at every service. Hear Israel. Love the Lord your God with all that you have. With all that you are. Within Jesus, add something to it. The Shema is Deuteronomy chapter 6. But Jesus goes further. He takes it further and says, love your neighbor as yourself. He quotes Leviticus. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God. Love neighbor. If you really want to boil it down, love. Love with all that you are and all that you have. God and your neighbor. It's basically the Ten Commandments. First half are about loving God, obeying God. The second half are about loving your neighbor. Loving your neighbor as yourself. Christianity. It's about love, loving one another and loving God. Those two things are inseparable. In fact, these are two commandments, but really they should be taken as a whole. Love God and neighbor. Those are the two entities that Christianity is about. 
And I also think that that is what stewardship is about. Oh, yeah, i got to relate it to stewardship, right? When we give of all that we have, when we give of our mind, our body, our strength, our soul to the chapel of the cross, whether it be time, talent, treasure, when we give, that is what we are doing. We are giving to God and we are giving to our neighbor so that when we pledge, so that when we put flowers up here, so that when we make sure we have bread and wine at the Eucharist, so that when we come to a SEA event, so that when we invite someone here so that they can see the love of God in this place, we are fulfilling those two commandments. We are filling, fulfilling the greatest commandment. We are loving God, and we are loving our neighbor. There's a priest in this diocese many years ago who, who died relatively young. His name is Joe Rowland. Joe Rowland. He, uh, his wife, his widow, gave me a box of his sermons couple years ago and a bunch of his stoles that he wore on Sunday. So it was quite a wonderful gift. And so I took that box of sermons and sort of filtered through them and organized them by the time of the year and by the scripture that it focused on. And I found a stewardship sermon that he gave at All Saints in Grenada. He was at All Saints in Grenada and Trinity in Hattiesburg. And this is for 1992. It was delivered on September 30th in 91, but it's about the 1992 stewardship season. And I really think it captures the sentiments that we priests feel about stewardship uh, and just stewardship in general. So it starts out saying, I don't know many ministers that enjoy preaching on stewardship. Yeah, that still rings true. And I don't know many people who enjoy hearing sermons about giving. That's you all. That's you all. And yet, I must say that Christian stewardship is one of the main and most important areas of Christian responsibility. One of the most important areas of Christian responsibility. Giving of ourselves to God and to our neighbor. Loving our neighbor, loving God by giving of what we have and what and who we are. It is definitely still today, these many years after, one of the most important areas of Christian responsibility. When we give here at the Chapel of the Cross, we give to God's purposes. We give to God's work. We give to what the Holy Spirit is doing here at the Chapel of the Cross. And when we give, we are giving to our neighbor. We are giving to one another in the pew. And we are giving to our neighbors in this community. Can you imagine a world, can you imagine this community without this old, historic, beloved church? Could you imagine this world without the chapel of the cross? It takes all of us to be the chapel of the cross. It takes all of us giving to God and giving to our neighbor. When we give, we give to God's purposes here. We give to the kingdom work that is being done here. And when we give, we give to our neighbor. So that when you give, you ensure that John Owen, Addie, and Betsy, I'm getting a little emotional here, channeling my inner Davis Fry, 
Um, wherever he is, there he is. <laughs> Would you give your ensuring that my children come to this place and they grow in the love and the knowledge of God? And when you give, you are ensuring that our brothers and sisters just down the road, folks, you don't have to venture off of 463 very far to find people that need us. You are giving to them to that work that God is doing in their life. You are giving to our daily bread and the wonderful work that we do in our servant ministry. We have a story to tell here at the Chapel of the Cross, and it's not just about Helen and Henry. We have a story here to tell the world about God's love. We are sent to go out into the world and to proclaim that good news that Jesus Christ has died for all of us. We couldn't do any of that without you. It takes every single one of us. Every single one of us giving to God and giving to our neighbor. Every single one of us fulfilling the greatest commandment, loving God with all that we have and loving our neighbor as ourselves. That's all I got. Amen. Amen.